I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Welcome to a Big Squid presentation, Space Podacy, a limited series where comedian Ben Elwood and I discuss some of our favourite science fiction movies. Today, we continue our look at the Matrix franchise with The Matrix Revolutions. Thank you very much for joining me today as we continue our look back at the Matrix franchise with the Matrix Revolution. Uh, This is how this week is going to work. We have this podcast today and then on the 23rd, we're going to drop our final big podcast for the year with our review of the new Matrix Resurrections. That's right. We are seeing it. Well, by the time you hear this podcast, we will have seen it and we will have recorded the podcast. Look. Time's getting a bit skew-whiffy. I'm, I'm living in a Nolan world at this point in life. Have a drink, people. Have a drink. But anyway, that will be available to you on the 23rd. And then over the course of the next few weeks, there will be a mini podcast a week while I head back to Adelaide and see some family and friends. And the plan is to start slowly in the new year give you enough time to have a bit of a break and we'll still have some things uh, available for you to check out but uh, yeah we'll start slowly and then I reckon around maybe mid-January we'll start to amp things up. Still a lot to come up and while this is officially the end of This year, uh, the season five will continue. We still have our David Lynch series. I have uh, Blue Velvet, actually, ready to go. So that will be the one that kickstarts 2022. More past the AML and probably, most definitely, a brand new season of Space Podacy after, well, this has been a real success. You guys really responded to this. And, uh, you know, who knows? Like, I felt like it was a good idea, but I wasn't... You know, you can never be 100% certain. So uh, with 
all of your feedback and uh, the downloads. And uh, yeah, we will definitely be back with a second series of Space Policy. So thank you for that. If you haven't signed up to the Patreon yet, if you head over there, you can find a bunch of bonus podcasts, including Ben and I talking about the Animatrix. Here, have a listen to uh, a little snip of, of our conversation Something we haven't discussed in the movies, uh, which I was going to discuss, I was saving it for the third podcast, Mm -hmm. and then I watched the Animatrix, and I've deliberately left it for this off the back of that opening. Mm -hmm. And I think this is something I've been wanting to talk to you about from the get-go. Between the movies and the anime, the Matrix franchise isn't afraid to be sexy. And why do you think blockbuster movies are so sexless? sexless? Uh, I would say that that is a direct byproduct of America's infantilized attitude towards sex. Yes. Uh, and the fact that, and we've talked about this previously, the fact that blowing someone's brains out won't get you an R rating. Yeah. But someone... Blowing uh, someone yeah, will. Well, not... I mean, it doesn't even need to go as far as blowing. It needs to, you know... It's crazy. I, I, I was just, just going on the word play. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Pandemonium. Uh, it's fucking crazy though, right? <laughs> yeah, no, it is. It's crazy. Like, like it's- I, I watched a fucking um, Ingmar Bergman movie the other night from 1951. Oh, yeah. And it is sexually charged. Right. There yes. are, there, you know, I mean, beyond the fact that there's exposed breasts, there Sorry, is... Sorry, I've, I've seen some Bergman. Which one was this? Oh, God. I think it was called Crisis. I haven't seen that. It was one of his first ones. So, was that before Crisis on Infinite Earths or after Infinite Crisis? Very good. Uh, <laughs> more pandemonium Sorry. on Big Squid. Sorry, just uh, <laughs> we are recording this after the third uh, Matrix podcast, and if you heard me in a good mood on that one, I'm still in a good mood. But now I'm, And he's jacked on coffee. I'm jacked on coffee. I'm in the Matrix. I'm pretending to be me. Oh, this is disappointing. <laughs> but yeah, sorry. It's um, it's a it's yeah, and I and I watched that movie, and because uh, majority of films I've seen from the forties and fifties are American films, you really get that idea of like, oh, that era of film is just sexless, right? And as a byproduct of being sexless you know philosophically immature yeah in terms of the depiction of the full spectrum of being alive uh and then you're watching this bergman movie from the early 50s i mean all of them from the all of his films from that era and you know they're not explicit people aren't just pounding each other but there's like when people kiss they kiss right right there's a string of saliva between their lips and you know there's passion and all of this and it was just it just blew my mind it was like wow it's not that that kind of raw sexual energy didn't exist then. It's just yeah. that I've only seen it, this the world depicted through American media. And I don't know if it's a offshoot of their weird Pentecostal religious kind of uh, immaturity regarding sex or sexuality, mm. which is probably uh, also uh, uh, like kind of an Anglo-Saxon English thing as well. Mm. You know, like, Ooh. Where has all the sex appeal gone? I don't know. Anyway, it's a good chat there. So if you would like to hear that, you can sign up to the Patreon. Uh, There was also another Patreon-only episode that was released last week. And that was a team up with the Total Reboot podcast where Cameron James, Alexi Toliopoulos and I discussed the new Paul Thomas Anderson film, Licorice Pizza. Spoiler alert, we loved it. Maybe my favourite movie of the year. I still have to have a think about that. I don't want to get ahead of myself. I don't want to have some recency bias, uh, you know, have me 
get a little bit ahead of myself, but damn, it was good. I can't wait to see it again. Uh, you will also over there find scripts for every podcast and early looks at works in progress. Uh, you also have an episode dedicated to you. And today's shout out goes to Tim Hatcher, who has been a fun contributor in the past and also has the greatest profile photo that constantly catches my eye anytime he posts online. Anytime. I can be looking anywhere. And at the core of my eye, I'll think, that's Tim Hatcher. I know that photo. So thank you, Tim, for being part of the Big Squid community and for taking the time to help us achieve our goals here at the podcast. I have some big plans for 2022, and it is thanks to people like Tim that we can really go for it. Uh, If you'd like to join our Patreon page, head over to the site, which is patreon.com forward slash Justin Hamilton underscore Big Squid, and you will find a tier that suits you. That was patreon.com forward slash Justin Hamilton underscore Big Squid. Okay, it's time to return to Neo, trapped in a limbo world as the machines make their way towards Zion, the home of human resistance. Neo needs to escape this place to hopefully save mankind, but now that Agent Smith can inhabit the world of flesh, his plan might need an upgrade. Let's enter the world of the Matrix Revolutions. Smith has grown beyond your control. You cannot stop him, but I can. And if you fail, I won't. Do you know what happened to Neo? He is trapped in a place between this world and the machine world. Bring me the eyes of the Oracle. Then I will give you back your savior. Mr. Anderson, who are you? Look past the flesh and see your enemy. It's impossible. It's not impossible. Inevitable. (laughs) In less than 12 hours, the machines will breach the dock walls. If we have to give our lives, we give him hell before we do! Can Zion be saved? Tonight future of both worlds will be in your hands or in his mr anderson welcome back we missed you it ends tonight you've never believed in the one i still don't i believe in him Here they come. Neo is doing what he believes he must do. If you tell me we'll make it, I'll believe you. We'll make it. We have to. I don't know what he can do to save us, but I do know that as long as there is a single breath in his body, he will not give up, and neither can we. Everything that has a beginning has an end. I'm going to warn you, I'm in a good mood. I know. You've been watching The Beatles. I have been watching The Beatles, <laughs> and it's been great. And I'm fueled <laughs> by the creative process. You know how much I love it, and uh, to, yes. to watch it. Yes. And, 
you know, it's I I had someone on, and I haven't uh, read any reply, but some someone who has a uh, a Doctor Who site on Twitter or something promoted Big Squid. Oh, cool! It was very nice of them, and I never quite know what to do with that kind of stuff, so I just kind of left it. And then someone came in underneath, and there's been a few people because it 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 flubbed the ending. Like that's that's a fact. They mm. flubbed the ending, mm-hmm. right? And everyone just comes in, ah, oh, condolences, and ah, oh, that oh, that was a fucked ending, and ah, oh, this is terrible, and having a, an idea condolences. of condolences. Oh yeah, I Come know. On, it's like just fuck off. We're living on a burning planet. You can deal with Doctor Who not being as good as you wanted it to be, please. Yeah. And, and and also, like, it's family. It's, it's family entertainment. Yeah, it's like, like no one died. It's like, all good. What are you? What are you talking about? You 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 dumb asshole. If people but, could reserve 5% of their outrage for things like this, for stuff that actually mattered, you know we'd be living in the utopia right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that's why we're not. So so this person writes, uh, anyway, they're just commenting on people being boring is boring. Mm. So, uh, but the creative process is- Condolences that you had to read that tweet. Thank you. <laughs> Condolences that I didn't give in to my base instincts and write what I wanted to write back. I, do, I, I did pull out a bit of- uh, I did pull out a bit of- well, as someone who works in the industry, I know what it's like yeah. when you have someone take at, above you, make a decision, take something out mm. of what you've created, and then what you've created doesn't work, mm. and everyone says, you fucked up, and you go, well, what can I do? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. so anyway, but I'm fueled with the creative process, and it's kind of, and I think our last chat... With you, you and I uh, on the the last Matrix movie, uh, it reminded me uh, that this this is a big swing. Like these two movies sure. are a big swing, and I've kind of appreciated them more because of that. Yeah. You know, and yep. this film, and you know, our first question is always, when did you first see this film? Mm. I was here in Sydney doing yep. some gigs, went along with my friend uh, Michelle. And we sat at the back of the cinema and just like that was the only time I'd seen it before this rewatch. And I was really, I was completely dismissive. Uh, I didn't enjoy it. Uh, I think there was a few things going on, which we will get into. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. not enough of the people we like, you know, no, like, and, I, yeah, you know, and the. And you haven't replaced them with layered characters, like if if or if every good characters, or good characters, <laughs> or barely watchable characters. Yeah, pretty, it's pretty tedious it's stuff. It's pretty tedious. It's CW kind of stuff. Yeah. Oh, that's polite. Yeah. And yeah. the uh, and so there's that aspect of it. And I think by that stage as well, I was fueled with the Grant Morrison Invisible mm. thing because I read the Invisibles month to month and, mm. you know, and then bought the trades and mm-hmm. it was so... Well, it only ended in- a couple of years before as well. Yeah. 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 And it's like I, I think I was in a very uh, uncertain way of thinking about the film and not just enjoying it for what it was because I was too busy thinking, well, that's from the Invisibles and that's why didn't they do the Invisibles there? Yeah, 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 <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. all of that kind of combined to make it uh, not a great movie experience. But where did you first see uh, it? I saw it uh, at Hoyts Broadway, uh, and I ha- I hated it. I was angry. Oh, did you? Oh, right. Yeah, and you're re- a Matrix guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm willing to concede that the reason I hated it was a flawed reasoning. And it was buying into the very thing that the film is criticising. Right. Uh, so, in a nutshell... 
Uh, I was expecting the film to climax with Neo, <laughs> with Neo fighting a million Smiths. Oh, yeah. Uh, and yeah. That, that's really where I thought it was going to go. I'm like, yeah, yeah it's going to be like the Burly Brawl from Reloaded, but it's going to be a million of them. Uh, and so was kind of checked out <laughs> while he was flying and punching Smith and all the rest. And then when they finally land in the crater yeah. and all the Smiths are lined up, I'm like, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. And then he doesn't. He just goes, you were, you were right. It was inevitable and gets assimilated. And at that stage in my life, you know, I was 20-whatever. I was stoned out of my mind. I was like, I just want to see people punch each other. <laughs> and they didn't. And I was like, fuck you, movie. You didn't give me what I wanted. Uh, uh, which is the whole point of the movie. Yes. You know, as we pr- commented previously in Reloaded, uh, you know, it's it's a bold and profound statement to make at the yes. end of an action movie of like, you cannot punch your way out of this situation. Yes. This is, you're not going to win. Yes. Punching your equal opposite shadow yes. in the head over and over and over again. It's just going to lead to more punching. It's a stupid yes you have to evolve your thinking uh but at the age that i was i couldn't i couldn't even just conceptually wrap my head around that concept well, you, you know like uh, <laughs> i i reckon i didn't either and I, no. I i don't think uh i was educated enough to uh know what they were criticizing as well no. and uh no In, i would say that across the board of the entire viewing audience of the third matrix film yes i think across the board culturally the vast majority of people were like, what? Yeah. Like, in a weird way, this is more ambitious than even the first one with yeah. what it's what it's aiming for. Well, yeah. And we shouldn't resent it for not quite getting there because yeah. what, what's the, the, the old Latin term? Uh, a man's reach should out, uh, uh, exceed his grasp or what's yes, a heaven yes, for? Yes, 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 yes. Like, well... So rewatching it this time, yeah. even though I'm sitting there going, "Oh fuck, what's this? Oh, why am I in a full metal jacket scene? Oh Jesus Christ, <laughs> yeah, Morpheus, yeah, yeah. what's happened to you?" Yeah. I still sit back and like applaud, applaud the swing, the massive swing. Well, and the ambition of uh, I think they said like you know the uh, in the commentary track where Cornell West and I can't remember the other guy's name, two philosophers do commentaries on the DVDs, yeah, the Blu-rays, uh, and they talk about how the first one is traditional. Uh, action film. Yes. You know, bad guy versus good guy. Yes. Good guy beats bad guy. And then you've got the second film, which is Deconstructionist. Yeah. Everything you thought was the law of the land is not the law of the land. It's yeah. the opposite. Uh, or, you know, more complicated. And then the third film is Reinvention. It's like, yes. well, where do we go now? Like, you know, we've deconstructed this myth of bad versus good and actually things are much more complicated than that. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we can't just end with kill all the machines and the humans. Are the- it has to be an in- reintegration or, yes. you know, uh, a-, a coming together, a yin and yang. Yeah. Uh, and, you know... I feel like that's a philosophy that's more needed now than ever. My God. Yes. I mean, we were, no, we were nowhere near as polarized then as we are now. Right. Where everyone's just shit fighting each other over the most minor fucking, you yep. know, <laughs> linguistical flub. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's just insane. Um, you know, and you can see that now. That Like, we're, we're now in this state as a society where everyone's just killing each other over minor differences of philosophy or opinion. Like, yeah. you know, my, I'm aligned with you 98% of the time, but this 2% means that we hate each other and we're enemies forever. Right. And what's happening? Well, there is no unity. The whole fucking society is collapsing. Yeah. And so I, the, the message of this film was 20 years ahead of its time. Yes, yes. So do you – when did you turn? Um, it was probably – so after the films came out in the um, cinema – the uh, Warner Brothers released this beautiful box set 
yes. um, DVD box set, and it had the Animatrix in it. Yeah. It had all three films, and it had an extra two discs of making of special features and stuff. And so I bought that box set, and it became my companion for many years. Right. A um, little bit of spooning. Oh, yeah. A lot of, yeah, a lot of spoon bending. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of bongs with that Matrix box set. Yeah. And, um, you know, very, uh, I, uh, vividly, vividly remember when it was released, mm. holding in my hand and not getting it because of the third film. Really? Yeah. So there was no part of you that was like, maybe I was. Nah. Yeah, right. Like I was just so out on it. Yeah, no, and, fair enough. And but, and then like, like many people. Mm. Just got caught up in the narrative of it, of course, and wasn't uh, smart enough. Probably wasn't. Uh, comfortable enough, didn't have the energy yeah. or the desire to just yeah, check yeah, it yeah. out to see if I was wrong or, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. or even think, well, I really love the first two, you know. But, but, that, but that's valid. Like, oh, if something well, doesn't actually capture you, yeah. Cave Rave. Yeah. Um, in the end, I actually came to love the third movie more than the second movie. Yeah, right. Uh, I think, and I still think this, I think visually it's more interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a fan of the characters involved in the Battle of Zion. I think it's a very strange decision to send Neo and Morpheus, uh, Neo and Trinity off on a quest and then go, anyway, we're going to leave that for 45 minutes and focus in on a whole bunch of characters that you don't give a shit about right. in a city that you couldn't give a fuck about. But visually, it's like, whoa, yeah. like this is, you know, special effects. Again, 20 years ahead oh. of their time. They, they look so fucking cool even it now. Looks much better than a lot of the stuff that we see now, as, as you said in the last So podcast. much better. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and as I said in the last one as well, you know, the way it will hold on certain frames. Like, there were there were shots in that Battle of Zion as the squids are pouring through the hole mm. and this, you know... And the fact that it's not cut, 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 it's just this tableau. I mean, it looks... It's almost framed... And um, uh, the 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 um, the framing of it is like you know a giant painting you'd see in an art gallery of some yeah. battle, yeah, like a Napoleonic battle or something. Yeah, like, yeah. Whoa, the composition of it, yes. Um, you know, and the, and the crazy lighting and everything. Um, I I think it's beautiful. And then I think all the stuff. I love all the stuff in Machine City, and I love that final battle, right, with Smith. I think it's right. Uh, I you know I watched it again this morning before yeah. I came here. Uh, and I think it's just, it's so cool. Yeah. It's so cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I think it's a real, you know, much like, and we talk about, God, we talk about Mad Max a lot. Uh, but well, I think similarly how to how Fury Road subverted the macho jock idea that the audience have of what this narrative should be. Yeah. That battle, again, did it 20 years earlier where it yeah. was like, you know. Yeah, we're we're hyping you up for something real big. Look, every building's full of a like Smith's turned in, everyone on Earth yeah. is a Smith now. He's going to fight the whole world. Yeah, no, he's not. No, no, <laughs> he can't. Well, it's also um, you know have a drink, everybody. But I also saw parallels that I'd never seen before in The Dark Knight Rises, mm. which is depending. Like I, I think it's technically a better film than this Matrix film. Oh yeah, but. There is, uh, I, I feel like you can kind of see maybe an influence or you can see a similar level of ambition, which is, you know, in this Neo gives up 
kind of thing, you know, to mm. assimilate and, you know, because he knows there's no point going forward. Mm. I'm fascinated by the pushback on The Dark Knight Rises that he'd retire twice, mm. you know, mm. and it's mm. like, because I think there's a lot of, well, why would you fucking retire being Batman? Like, it's cool. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, but if you're following the emotional journey of that character, it actually all makes sense. Yeah, yeah. You also, know? his knees and elbows are dust, mate. He can't. <laughs> mate, he's, <laughs> he's, he's in pain. He's, he's, he's. <laughs> He's lost uh, the woman that he loves. He's tried to create something that can be turned into a weapon. Yeah. And after a while, he's he's taken on the burden of uh, a whole lot of uh, stuff that he didn't do mm. to make his city fine. And I, guess what he feels? Burnt out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do think that they're, 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 they're two very different types of surrender, though. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I'm not comparing yeah, the surrenders, yeah. but I'm, I'm comparing the emotional yeah, response of, absolutely. I just want to see Neo fight, fight, fight. Oh, what do you mean? Mm. It, it is in- inevitable. And, oh, like people would much rather that he blew up than he's has that. He's found a place where he's just at peace. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Weird. People are weird. But, yeah, I think, but you know, like, uh, I think it's, it's not a Western action movie convention mm. to allow the enemy to, you know... Go inside you yeah. and to kill the enemy from within. Yeah. To assimilate both sides of yourself. Yeah. Uh, you know, as we said in a previous podcast, you cannot you cannot punch your demons to death. No. In fact, ignoring your demons or trying to defeat your demons only makes them louder. Yeah. It only yeah. makes them louder. Yeah. You, you know, to- you need to hug them. <laughs> yeah. Have to give them a cheeky finger now and again. <laughs> uh, segment two. <laughs> Uh, Google me, Chuck. Mm. Top three responses when you Google the Matrix. Re- uh, oh, sorry, this Revolutions. is Revolutions. Um, what is the difference between the Matrix Reloaded and Revolutions? Mm, a lot more Zion. Yeah. <laughs> how long is Matrix Revolution? And my guess is that's people struggling with the second movie going, fuck, how long is this third one go? And what is... What is the plot of the Matrix Revolution? So nothing quite that as interesting mm. as we sometimes get. Mm. Uh, I know we've kind of... It, first context in the year that was... Uh, they were difficult to do this time because we've these came out at the same time. But so I chose some different movies just for people's context. 98, you get Godzilla. 99, The Iron Giant. 2000, you get Hollow Man. 2001, oh, Ghosts of Mars. 2002, Simone. 2004, District 13. 2005, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And the year that was, uh, along with all the other movies like them and including The Matrix Reloaded, you get The Core, Mimic 3. The Sentinel. What? Jeez. Did that need... Yeah, I don't know. I'd, I'd, I'd never even heard of that. Has <laughs> that any, that's a straight to video, right? Has anyone done the Mimic trilogy? <laughs> like, should we, is that is that our next big one to finish well, yeah, off the yeah, next... Yeah, yeah, we'll uh, do it, yeah. And paycheck. So, <laughs> all right, let's get into the film. Neo being trapped in a subway station, which is run by the train man, a mm. program loyal to the Merovingian. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think of uh, that? this whole scene of him being trapped in this uh, subway? Um, look, I don't mind it, but like a lot of stuff in these two movies, it it does, (laughs) I think it's, I think it's appropriate that we are stuck in limbo and I think that's metaphorical of a lot of sequences in this film where it's like, yeah, all right, like, I get it. (laughs) Come on, let's, let's go. It's just a bit too long. It's a bit too long. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Like visually it looks great with the little girl there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
also feels like a metaphor for life. No matter which direction you move in, you fucking end up back in the same place. 100%. 100%. But yeah, it does, it does feel like kind of treading water as we uh, wait to get to what we're here for, what we, what we paid to see, which yeah. is... Neo and Trinity. I mean, by the, by now I've kind of given up on Morpheus. So I'm, I'm whatever. Oh, no, no, after the, <laughs> no, no, I'm with you. I'm completely with you. Like it's. Um, I remember. Uh, the, I can I can equate it to a moment where there was it was a Wednesday night in Adelaide. There was this great club called uh, Club Foot, mm. and it was a scorcher of a club. Mm. And uh, it was a Wednesday night. This was back when I. Th- this was about three or four years into doing stand up. So you're making a living, but you're, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, you, you also have free time kind yeah. of thing. And my mates and I went out. We were having a big Wednesday night. And <laughs> there was a DJ, this cool DJ playing. And uh, this is like 98. And uh, suddenly I can hear a saxophone. Mm. And I turn around and it's, and it's my mate playing saxophone, not wearing a shirt like he's just come straight out of St. Elmo's fire. And that was the moment that I uh, cut him off as well. So, so it's all it's, – so it, that to me, when I see Morpheus at the cave rave, but I'm thinking of I'm thinking of my mate Neville going, ah, yeah. what's there's, happened? There's some things I can't unsee. Uh, what, a, what, what just happened? What just happened? Look, in, in his defence – He's having a pretty good time. <laughs> For some reason, I'm getting Bill, Pil- Bill Pullman from Lost Highway in my mind. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With the shirt off. Yeah. And, and nobody asking him to play. Bro, chill out. Yeah, even the DJ was like, I'm trying to fucking mix some shit over here, mate. I've come all the way from South London and you are fucking it up. So funny. Uh, the, you know, the other thing, uh, uh, the, the thing about the subway, though, mm-hmm which fueled my to the movie Mm -mm. unfairly was Mm -mm. it reminded me of crazy Jane and doom patrol, you know, just because of of the, you know, so deep cut. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, but because I was fueled by Morrison's take on the matrix, everything was just like, well, that's just like crazy Jane, which is really unfair in hindsight, but. That's- I, I like the track. Well, not so much the the limbo part, but the the, the part where Morpheus and Trinity and um, Seraph are running through the train station because it is um, Museum Train Station in Sydney. Yes, yes, yes. And so yes. whenever I walk through Museum Train Station in Sydney, much like the fountain from the first movie, I'm like, oh, cool, uh, man, yeah, that is cool. God, I wish I was in a fight. <laughs> I wish I could fight. Um, so. Uh, so this is where we meet uh, uh, Sati. Is that how you? S- uh, yes, Safti. Sati, Sati, the the young girl. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, would you like to talk more about that? Because, uh, as you said, the Oracle believes that she will be important. Yeah, and uh, um, you believe that she is actually the mother of the Matrix, that's, or the new mother. Yeah, or has always been the mother. That, that, that that's my interpretation of it. I mean, you know, it's kind of a weird one because they don't really go into her that much. Yeah. And again, much like so many of the ideas in the sequels, it feels like we're just kind of glancing on them rather yes. than really getting into it. Yes. Uh, you know, and it's that thing where it's, I think the, I, I think it's characters like this where the movie's a little bit too ambitious for its own good. Yes. It's like if you're going to introduce big concepts. We need more time. I need them. more time with them or... Yeah, it's it, it, uh, maybe they're going for that whole idea that the first one was going for in the sense of like, hey, this world is bigger than you even can imagine. But when we're somebody can only really hint at things, right? Um, but no, uh, 
I mean, I guess it all comes to a head right at the end, the final sh- the final shot of the movie. Yes. Um, which is a bit dubious and dicey, to be honest. I'm not sure. Again, I can see why people fucking hate it. <laughs> it's like the last shot of the movie is these three peripheral characters. And, you know, like, I know it's the Oracle, but it's not the Oracle that we've right. got, yeah, grown no, to love movies, over two yeah. movies. It's a new person. It's the architect from a scene that the vast majority of people hated. Yeah. And a fairly annoying child going, I made a sunset. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, oh, did you do that? That's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Um, when you I, put it that way. Yeah, I get why people yeah. weren't into it. You yeah. Know? And I know you're not a fan of the last shot of the final, of uh, the first Matrix, but, you know, you, you compare the two and having, oh, no, having yeah. the god Jesus Neo going zoom and zooming off as yeah. opposed to a beautiful sunset. It's like, ah. Um, but, yeah, I do believe that she, that she is the program that is the creative aspect of the matrix that yeah. builds that that builds the matrix how that feeds into her father I, I can't remember what her father's job is I can't remember off the top of my head either mm. like cuz they say what the what yeah, the father programs. and mother do yeah. um so yeah I, I I just think it's one of those scenes that it we could have just it, it hints at something, but I almost would rather not have it there because it hints at something, that, but the hint isn't even good enough to really go off on yeah. too many tangents in your own mind. It's a, I think maybe uh, what's interesting is maybe part of the lesson is if you're going to deconstruct something, you still have to give the audience, like part of your deal is, well, it doesn't have to be, but if you want something to be a success, you have to also give the audience a little bit of what they want as mm. well. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, maybe all that deconstruction works if that whole scene is Neo, the Oracle. And like, I know it doesn't quite match up with what they were doing story-wise, but, you know, maybe yeah. if it was but the three of them, you know, oh, oh, you know, you could have had Neo, they're kind of slowly beginning to fade. As I, and he gets to see what he's helped achieve you know yeah, yeah, yeah. so there's some sort of but having neo just disappear yeah again and it's just again it's that problem of where we are and i would say it's the ultimate problem of both trilogies we are now we've waited whatever it is six months to see the third matrix movie mm. here we are and suddenly we're in a jet white train station with neo and three characters we've never seen before yeah talking about shit that we don't really care about at this yeah. stage of the story. You know, like, I don't really care about the journey of this program, you know, who inherently I can't really care about because he's a program, yeah. um, you know, and and his whole story. I mean, yeah, we saw a shot of him getting escorted out of a restaurant in the, in the second film, but mm. that wasn't enough of a hook for me to be like, what's going on with that guy? Yeah. I need to know. Yeah. Like, I've waited six months. He ended on a real ham-fisted cliffhanger, mm. and all of a sudden it's, you know, oh, yeah, I'm a guy who works in this power plant station, and I'm a program, and I tried to save my daughter, and, and, and you're stuck in limbo now, and here's my wife, and, then, and here's the train man, another character that you've never heard of before, and... Okay, like, let's fucking go, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah, What are we yeah. doing? You know, um, just getting back to the ending as well, like, you, you know, you, you mentioned Fury Road, mm. and that's, like, what a phenomenal film of deconstructing, mm. you know, everything that you expect. But you still give us Max disappearing into the crowd. Yeah. You know, like, that's a... Like, yeah, yeah, if you yeah. love Max and it's like, oh, yeah, he goes off and continues being totally. this mythological person who travels around having his own adventures. And it makes a profound statement about the character. Yeah. It, it's like a twofer. You get, yeah. there's a lot going on there. Yeah, yeah. no, it's, um, yeah, I look, uh, yeah. 
as I say, I, lo- I love scenes of this in isolation, mm. but um, in, as a whole, and particularly the first, the first 20, 30 minutes of this movie, I find to be the ropiest. Right. As much as I, as much as I think that the, the Battle of Zion stuff is um, not great in terms of narrative and character stuff, it's more interesting than mm. here we are with the Merovingian again doing yeah, a yeah. long convoluted speech about yeah. boring shit. Uh, you know, even the sequence, and I'm sure we'll get to it in the fetish club of um, the guys running on the roof and stuff. It mm. just feels like a kind of um, retread of the beautiful um, corridor um, sequence from the first movie. Yes. You know, yeah. like, whoa, now we've amped it up with guys running on the roof. Uh, well, it's, it's funny, isn't it? Like that. I, so we can just talk about that scene mm. in isolation now mm. because. To be honest, I found it really hard to find anything interesting to talk about in this film. Like no, that, oh, scene. that scene. No, there yeah, is like, like we, we've done this. Yeah, and it, yeah. It, I, I totally agree with you that it feels like. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. It's like the last gasp, and it's like if you if you this is literally. I mean, apart from that last battle with Smith, which I wouldn't even say is in the Matrix because it's so leveled up. You know, they're flying around and everything. <laughs> this is the this is the film's last. Chance to give you a sick Matrix yeah. battle, yeah. Uh, and it doesn't feel special enough. It feels like it definitely feels lesser than any of the battle, like that beautiful staircase battle in Reloaded. Yes, in the, on the white staircase, yes. it yes. goes for like five minutes. Yeah, it's crazy. It's so cool. This just feels kind of like the dingy cousin of that, where it's like oh, I don't <laughs> like, don't really care. Like it, it almost feels like. That scene, like, I don't know how you would have done it narratively, mm. but it almost feels like that's where you should have started. Here you go. Yeah. Here's a whole lot of this that you yep. like. Yeah, yeah, And yep. now we are going to blow your mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and to- back, yeah, five, five minutes earlier. Yeah. Or whatever it whatever. is. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. No, and, and again, it, the, the, the mission is is a bit kind of uh, impenetrable as well. It's like, right. what, what are we what are we going to this fetish club for now? Oh, we're yeah. going to go and talk to the Merovingian again. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's that boring French guy from the last movie. Yeah. He's keep. Why is he keeping Neo in limbo? Like yeah. what, the train man. It's yeah. just you know, th- there's 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 too much narrative complication yeah. for not a lot of payoff. Yeah, good to see Bruce Spence uh, getting a Bruce Spence again. got into all the big franchises of the early two thousands. Right. He's in Star Wars. He's yeah. in Lord of the Rings, and he's in Matrix. Nailed it. Nailed it. Good work, Bruce Spence. <laughs> uh, I've saved this part of the conversation for this movie, which I think is one of the most. Uh, interesting aspects of the series. So, as we know, after the war between machines and humanity ended with a victory for the machines, the Matrix was created to keep the collective minds of humanity placated while siphoning their energy. Mm -hmm. The machines created a program called The Architect to design the world of the Matrix to keep humanity sedated. The Architect's first foray was a failure, but then an intuitive program called The Oracle studies the human psyche and proposes a solution where they create a simulated reality that humanity mistrusts on an unconscious level. This works, but every iteration creates an anomaly known as the one who can inexplicably bend the nature of the Matrix to their will. To correct for this error, the architect and the oracle create a process which reboots the Matrix and allows the system to continue to exist by assimilating the inevitable rise of human resistance as a crucial component of the Matrix continued existence. Mm. So... A few that was just kind That's of like a very a, good summation. Oh my lord, that took <laughs> ages. Thank you so much. Um, I can't tell you how very much I appreciate summation. that. But I felt like we just kind of need to do a little reminder yeah. to get to these questions. So, is the Oracle magical or just a program that manipulates human resistance to ensure a new incarnation of the Matrix reboots. Well, see, that's interesting because if she's manip- you know, like I mean, the, the, there's a question there: is she as 
manipulative and quote unquote evil as the architect. If you know, if basically she's just moving pawns on a chessboard. Well, that's my next question, which we can tie into: yeah. Is the Oracle a villain since she only tells humanity what they need to know to fulfil the prophecy? Mm. Because she manipulates everyone to get her way. Well, she does. Yeah. 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 Like I think, I think that. So she's not mystical. She's just manipulative. <laughs> I think that she probably, it seems like, and and it's, this kind of comes to the fore in the third film, that she does have a, desi- a desire for a more integrated, holistic partnership between right. humans and, you know, uh, and machine, that she doesn't want j- it to just be this continuous cycle of fight, 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 kill, 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 reboot. reboot. Um, you know, it would be much better to kind of just... You know, so maybe up until maybe in the previous six or however many iterations it was, she was more not villainous, but whatever, just playing her yeah, part. Yeah. Uh, whereas in this iteration, she's kind of gotten to a point where she's had enough of it as well, and it's like it's time for something new. Yeah. Uh, and that's kind of the conversation at the end with the architect and yeah. and then Sadie saying, you know, will we will we see Neo again? Yeah. And she's like, yeah, maybe. You yeah, know, yeah. Because yeah. so, she, she's kind of cre- helped create a new version that should like maybe. Well, I don't know now. Well, that, I mean, that, that, that's the question. Like, because, you know, uh, clearly Neo is like the one of all ones. Like yes. he's, you know, all the other ones have kind of followed a very strict um, rhythm yep. that leads to an inevitable result. Yeah. So is the fact that Neo is more one than all the other ones, is that um, is that the Oracle's doing? Right. Well, the Oracle uh, has added a new element to the prophecy, and that is Neo falling in love with Trinity. Mm. And that love for one individual is what compels Neo slash the one to break the cycle of the Matrix mm. and therefore a catalyst for a new relationship between the machines and humanity. So by this stage of the story, the mm. concept of good versus evil is totally put to rest. Oh, yeah, right? of course. And yeah. also, like, is Agent Smith the one? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Agent Smith is doing his function. Yeah. Gets infected, yeah. Becomes this new thing that yeah, yeah, yeah. freaks out, like freaks like the machines human. out. Yeah, the machines are freaked yeah, out. Yeah, like, yeah. So you yeah, know, no, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, Smith, Smith could be the one. Yeah, yeah, and he does call up the Oracle mum. Yes. Um, yeah, it, it's it's super. I mean, you know that 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 is the meat on the bones of this movie that makes it impossible to dismiss. That you yes. can start getting into all these really cool curly yeah. Q questions. Yeah, where it's like, well, what you know? Like, it I, feels I mean, like I'd, it's more fun to talk about. Totally. I mean, I've never even considered that Smith could be the one, but absolutely, he could be right. the one. You know, maybe maybe Neo is is the conduit for Smith to enact his. Uh, true nature as the one. <laughs> like, what great. a crazy idea. It's but, by the way, there are moments in the, that final scene where the way uh, uh, Agent Smith smiles and it looks like he's been like a human drawing of a Simpsons character. <laughs> you mean in that final fight? Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, I love that moment in the final fight where, and, it's, and it's juxtaposed with how he reacts in the first movie when, yeah. uh, when it looks like Neo's down and then he gets up and does the come at me hand. Yeah. And in the first movie... Smith cracks the shits. He's like, ah, and like runs at him. In this one, he just gets this like delight, half delighted kind of smirk, where he's like, "Yep, let's go. Yeah, let's keep going. Yeah. This is awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like he's enjoying himself now. Yeah, yeah, because he's been infected, <laughs> infected with humanity, humanity. But it's um, yeah, like the, you know, like when I read, like reading the ending of the Invisibles month to month, and mm. of course it was running late all the time, mm. etc., and. The last issue, or slash chapter, if you read it in trades, was 
kind of a nothing experience. Like mm. it wasn't quite, and it be, and it's dealing with the same thing, which yeah. is we're, we're so infused with good versus evil, black versus white, etc. Yeah. That to have um, to have a lack of delineation between all of these characters, mm. it, it it's hard to get your head around, isn't it? It's hard oh, to totally. kind of. It's like. It's like you have to keep reminding yourself of the end of Alan Moore's Swamp Thing initial run, mm. where the where the 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 two hands shake, mm. <laughs> you know, and it's like just remember that as a concept and apply it to all these things, and yeah, yeah, you yeah. can kind of get your head around it. No, a totally. Bit more. And you know, there's also uh, you know when, when stuff is serialized, and this movie is a serialized experience. Yeah. I can't think of many things that have been serialized that I've been waiting in anticipation for the ending and it's got to the end and I feel full. Right. There, more often than not, there's a sense of, what? Right. Is that? I mean, 100 Bullets was something that I read month to month for 10 years. Yeah. And so, you know, between every issue, it was just speculation, speculation, yeah. speculation. And then when it finally ended... I remember, I, I still remember the moment. I was at Melbourne Comedy Festival and I bought the issue and like locked myself in a, in a cubicle and I was just like, re- like, oh my God, like saving yeah. every pat. And it got to the end and it was like, you know, like turning it over, like turning the whole comic book upside down and over like, is that is that it? Sorry, is there a page missing? Yeah. Like, yeah. Is that, what? Yeah. You know, and then it's only when you read it holistically as a whole piece, which was what it was always designed to be. It just happened to be released periodically yeah. that you realize, no, this is the ending. It was yeah. always building towards this ending. Yeah. Um, and, I, you know, The Matrix definitely, beyond all of its other flaws, definitely suffered from that. Well, a good friend of ours, uh, Alexi, mm. Dude, endings suck. Yeah, yeah. But you know why? Because they're they're uh, they're saying that all your speculation yeah. is either right or wrong. Yeah. And if you're right, yeah, well, that's a bit of a bummer. Mm-hmm. And if you're wrong, well, why didn't they do what I want them to do? Totally. The only the only ending, and I won't say how it ends, even though it's a nearly twenty year old show. Uh, but for anyone uh, in the glut of content that currently exists in this world, this is a <laughs> extremely overlooked show. But if you have not seen Six Feet Under, watch Six Feet Under. It is the greatest serialized drama of all time, in my opinion. Uh, and that is the only serialized thing that I ever watched in my life where the ending is exquisite. It is the greatest ending. It, I would say it's the greatest ending to anything I've ever seen. I don't even want to talk about it because yep. I will burst into tears. Yep. Let, it, let me just say it unlocked three years of repressed guilt and I cried uncontrollably for three days. <laughs> which, which was the point? Uh, I don't want to say because it'll spoil. Uh, f- the, f- the first moment you realise what's happening. All right. I we'll was, talk about it off Yeah, mic. yeah. Uh, um, I had a moment mm-hmm. where I realised what was happening. Mm-hmm. Felt my chest constrict. Mm-hmm. So I was sitting next to my girlfriend at the time. I felt uh, my mouth go dry. Mm-hmm. Felt like I couldn't breathe for a second. And then there is one character who has a brother. Oh, yeah. And it made me laugh so hard because it <laughs> took me by surprise. I went from laughter to bursting into tears oh, yeah. and was inconsolable. And my girlfriend at the yeah. time was like, like she was crying and she was never seen that in me before. Yeah. It is the best ending. Yeah, I was done. I was done. It happened about six months after my grandma died and right. it fucking ruined me. Ugh. Anyway, everyone should watch that show. It is wonderful. Yeah. Um, 
by the way, uh, another Morrison uh, uh, thing to point out, and th- this actually came after The Matrix, but um, the idea of Neo and uh, Agent Smith combining, you know, in a way, uh, reminded me very much of Superman and Ultraman and, and Superman Beyond, you know, when mm. they become one to be able to fuel that machine that can oh, yeah, defeat the ultimate darkness. Yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so great. Um. So I finished. Uh, so I finished this script off yesterday mm-hmm. after we did our uh, second Matrix yep. Uh, yep. record. Yep. Uh, so therefore, it's going to change where this uh, question initially went. Mm-hmm. So uh, I find all the Zion stuff to be quite weird. Um, it's just um, which we've spoken about in the previous podcast. It's just too much for me. Like it's just too big a world. Yeah. Um, and it just. I'm not saying it's incorrect, but just for where my head was in in the first film, mm, mm. it's it's all a bit too much. There's that bizarre full metal jacket style dressing down moment. It's crazy. <laughs> it's like, what is happening here? You're a pinhead pod man. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> like, what is going on? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Isn't this like, like have we, and is, it- is this 200 years in the future and we're still fucking <laughs> got some guy chomping us again? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. I'm going, all right, you crazy <laughs> asshole ladies. And again, it's to a character that I don't care about. I don't I mean, care about. Of all, the, of all the extra characters that are introduced, I actually like that um, Commander the most. Yes. Uh, well, not Commander Locke. No. Uh, what, what, the the guy about. in the mecha suit. Yeah. Uh, he, he's, he's all right. But all the others are just... You know what would have worked? And I know it couldn't have worked because they all died. But if, say, the whole, the whole crew from the first movie had survived... Uh. And then they were the figureheads yes. leading the battle. Yes. You would give a shit. Oh, yeah. You'd care. Yep. Good Good call. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's a great call. If it was Tank and Dozer and that that lady who goes, not like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know no, no, I mean? no, no, no. You, you, you honestly could have- You could have done it. You could have done it and I would have given a shit, but had, I don't care. Had some red shirts on the ship for the first film, so, yeah. you, so you understand the trouble that they're in. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then have them all back, you know, with like- it's always iconic when you see the ship that you've been accustomed to being mm-hmm. with exploding, mm-hmm. you know, and being taken yeah. out. So now they're all le- – yep, that's great. That is so much better. But you I couldn't do it because they're all dead. Yeah, because oh, they, they all had to die for that movie to proceed. But I just – yeah, it, it's it just it's very difficult well, it's, to care. It's, it's a real lesson in when you're telling a story, don't 
blow your load too early, you know? Yeah. Like, if you've done all the hard work with these characters, they can keep doing heavy lifting. Like, imagine if imagine if we'd gotten to The Dark Knight Rises and you've already killed off Alfred and Gordon. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah like, yeah. you're suddenly going, who are all these new people? Yeah, yeah, yeah interesting. Um, so, I just don't really have that much... So, my initial question with this was mm-hmm. I just don't really have that much interest nice. in this part. No. But after our chat on Friday, uh, Friday for us, um, if Zion is another part of the Matrix, then... So, I rewatched this bit and it just gives it a completely different yep. flavour for me. This yep. is this is up there with he's cheating on, <laughs> on, on his wife in uh, On the Rocks. Sorry for everyone who still sees it as a really nice movie and we've ruined it by bringing in our cynical takes, but it's good and apply it and it's a hit better film. But anyway, this part of the movie... Everything's true and nothing's true. Yeah, but all of this is... Um, like, it's so much more interesting when you think that this is just another level, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which also um, allows you to kind of fall into the whole excessive video game style, um, you know, carnage of the whole pr- the process. Yeah. Like, it's... it Because it, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. Visually, it's overwhelming. Yeah. Um, That's how the movie should have ended. It should have just... Pulled right out, pulled right out. And there's a kid uh, putting a dollar into a game going, I just want to punch Agent Smith again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Why did the squids give up? I was really enjoying shooting them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I, I look, who knows? Uh, and, I'm, and maybe that will be some kind of revelation yep. in the movie that we are lucky enough to be seeing next week. Yes, we are. Although by the time this comes out, I think everyone will be seeing it. But we're seeing it a week early, everybody. We are seeing it a week earlier. <laughs> yes. Sometimes it's good to have a podcast. Yeah. No, it's always good to have a podcast. We love hanging out with you guys. But we're seeing it first. And we won't ruin it. Yeah. But that means you get an extra podcast of this Matrix, series. Neo. Yeah. And then you'll be able to go and see it and listen to it whenever you want. We're all in this together, people. I'm in such a good mood. Um Paul Morpheus, like, this series just, like, the further it goes, it just does uh, an injustice uh, by him, and he's just almost like, he, he he's oh, just soldier number seven by the time we get to this, and it's a yeah, real it's bummer. Rough. It's rough. It's a know. real bummer, because yeah, yeah, yeah. also, like, his journey of being, you know, a believer and then questioning his belief and, and then sort of being rewarded, mm. oh, that's, that's a good arc. But it's a great arc. I wonder if... Um, I, I'm not. I put this in as an idea. I don't know if it's a good idea, but you know, like if Agent Smith can infiltrate the real world, like maybe he could have infu- infiltrated some people, and Morpheus could have had some good action scenes fighting real people anything, or something. Anything, right? I, you know. Like I understand that they want to empower Niobe with her being the pilot of that ship, but again, it's like it, it, it's this. Str- and you know, maybe this is part of the whole inversion and and mm. and and. Um, deconstruction of what you expect but all of a sudden you've had this ultra cool dude from the first movie yeah i mean give, do you remember give, what, give do us you... an impersonation again <laughs> i love it what does he, how does he what does he say i i only showing you the truth yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you you have my permission to do that in every podcast at any point anytime you want to drop a morpheus along with you know the other thing that everyone loves is your david lynch can, oh, they like the can, lynch. can you can you do david lynch and morpheus having a conversation <laughs> david lynch just yelling at morpheus i need you to do more action zion <laughs> hear me <laughs> imagine if we took Morpheus I'm out- only offering you the truth, Neo. If we took Morpheus out of that cave rave scene and dropped that as to David Lynch, I, that spins the whole movie for so me. So good. <laughs> but 
like but you, it's, you know it's like, and you know what it is i would take it that you know in twin peaks the return that crazy scene where he's looking at the void oh, and going, yeah. oh, 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 oh. I, I would show it on the other side it's him projecting into the matrix into the into the zion <laughs> hey what's going on in your cave rave <laughs> <laughs> i think he's having a heart attack <laughs> You know what? I'm going to write something. I'm going to write. I'm going to write a script of David Lynch and Morpheus discussing a topic, and I'm going to get you to record all of it. Bro, and we'll put it up. I would follow David Lynch into the Matrix or out of the Matrix, I'd wherever. Fo- I'd follow David Lynch anywhere. I'd follow him to the Seven yeah. <laughs> Eleven. I'll buy the snacks. I'll be. I'm happy for it. Sorry, I interrupted. No, no, no. But that that um, <laughs> that undermining of of, of Morpheus's character, that, and and again, like we're talking about, uh, we're talking about subversion and all the rest. Yeah. So it, it's probably by design. But do you remember post First Matrix when like Morpheus? It was a meme before memes really existed. Of like, the, he was the coolest motherfucker yes. on earth. Yes, and then you, you know you, you get him kind of being, you know, spoiled ham or through Reloaded. Yep. Uh, and then by the third movie, he's relegated to being the co-pilot of a character that you barely know and don't really give a shit about. And, you know, basically, you know, wide-eyed going, oh, my God, like, we're, we're going to crash. It's like, what? Yeah. But this is the sick guy that fucking headbutted his way through a wall and jumped on an agent. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, the, he was the coolest motherfucker ever. Yeah. And suddenly he's just this kind of, like, wacky co-pilot on a, on a CG ship screaming away from squids. It's like... And, and then, really, again, you don't see him... What? Yeah. When he... he I mean, I do like that moment where he comes out and he fights for us. That's yeah. lovely. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it, it's... <sighs> well, two things. One is there's a precedent for this in trilogies, and it's, it's the Han Solo thing, where mm. Han Solo's the coolest character, and suddenly he's stepping on twigs and yeah. you know and yeah, he's yeah, just yeah. he's just relegated but secondly once again i feel like fury road is a really good one to keep coming back to which shows you a complete deconstruction of max mm. but max is never sidelined like you, you you get like you get that beautiful moment when he's finally you know telling furiosa oh my, my name my is max, max. Yeah. you know and like this guy who's barely talked and just slowly starts to talk more as the movie wears oh, on yeah. like it's it's deconstructing him but we never he's never suddenly he doesn't feel like, forgotten. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. He's never just in the back while all the action's happening in the front. Yeah, and that's unfortunately what happens with Morpheus. But you know, I would argue that's unfortunately what happens with Neo and Trinity as well for at least half the movie. So you know, who? I mean, look, these are flaws that are unavoidable in this film. Yeah, but they're, they're interesting to talk about because yeah. there are so many interesting things going on. Mm. Agent Smith and the Body of Bane, as we've just discussed before, mm. uh, and specifically in the last podcast, this guy's going for it. He's like, going for he's it. He's really going for it. Like, good <laughs> on his, him. When his face is all split open and he's uh, licking the blood. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Go for it. I think that's... You know what it is? It's the, the, it's the tonal shift from mystery and ambiguity and bulletproof cool to ham. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of ham in this third movie, and I think that's the tonal shift that is difficult to square. And And that's the director's fault. It is the director's fault. I mean, you know, that moment where uh, uh, Smith assimilates the the Oracle. Yeah. And then the camera zooms in on him going. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. What? what dude, like, is this turned into Pokemon? What's yeah. what is happening? Yeah, it's like Like this is the like <sighs> Like like the what's the what's the third Star Wars prequel? The oh, Revenge, Revenge of the oh, Sith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like for anyone who has I don't give a shit about Star Wars, right? Mm-hmm. But the character of Darth Vader has been in my psyche for no. Yeah. Like that scene where what he's being where he's being built yeah. should be yeah scary like gobsmacking yeah no I you know I hate Star Wars and even that scene hurt me oh uh, yeah right oh come on I told you how I would have done the prequels I would have started with him being made yeah so then we get three that means you get five films of Darth Vader just being a total badass yeah, you don't need to see you know it's that whole it's that whole prequel um, yeah. curse you don't need there's certain things you don't need to see you just don't need to see it's the you know it's the classic Patton Oswalt routine it's one of the funniest routines ever yeah yeah <laughs> you like Angelina Jolie here's a picture of John Voight's balls yeah so funny <laughs> just what a what a legend what a legend um so I have kind of less interest in uh, talking about that character, but the climax of the fight that has Neo blinded. So, if you know, the film kind of embraces Plato's allegory of the cave, mm. um, which is for any... I'm sure everyone who listens to this podcast knows that, but it's, you know, if you look at the shadows and, yep. and you're chained in a cave and you're looking at the shadows, you believe that to be the world. And then if you're shown the real world, it could be... Yeah. Too much. Much like people looking up from their screens these days. Yeah, yeah. Huh? Which Reality's is in three dimensions. What? Which is also a little oh, yeah. little moment in yeah. the new Matrix trailer. But yeah. so this so the the blinding leans into the Buddhist belief that the five senses only cloud an individual's ability to see the true nature of the world around them. So hmm. what 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 do you think of the blinding of Neo? Do you It's so strange and I gotta I gotta admit, I don't fully understand or have my own interpretation of what the fuck's going on with the the machines being beings of light. I don't know what that means. Right. Like well, is that is I just kind of so my take on that mm. was that this is part of why he assimilates them because he on a fundamental level sees that they are just as much alive as humans. Yeah, maybe. That maybe. That, that was my take. Yeah. I mean, I I guess it goes back to a thing that I said uh, in the second film's podcast where it's like, okay, so if he can now see with eyes that are blind light that no one else can see, either this film is saying magic is real or it's another level of the Matrix. Right. And he's superseded the senses of this level of the Matrix. It's Honestly, I've... I, I, there are films that are much more ambiguous and uh, than this that I have all the interpretations of in the world. After twenty years of watching this film, I don't. I really don't know right. what I make of that. So when I first saw it, I thought it was a little bit like magic is real. Like that's what I mm. saw it as. But this time, uh, w- and especially rewatching it with what you said about the context of this being another level mm. of the, the Matrix, Matrix yeah. he can now see that they are in their own way alive, and therefore this back and forth isn't going to work. So that's how I interpreted yeah, it. Yeah, that's after fantastic. We, yeah. And, and I like that. Yeah. I have to say, I think the blinding is like, everything looks so good and the blinding looks awful. What, the makeup? Yeah, it looks terrible. <laughs> yeah. And also for someone who's just being blinded, like, he's dealing with the pain really well. Well, he's Neo. Like, yeah, I know. <laughs> but like, with what you've shown me, 
I think at this point, Neo knows that he is on a suicide mission. Yes. I think oh, Neo I know. knows that he's heading, to, t- heading towards his death. Because there's all the Christ, you know, imagery that starts happening. Yes. And, you know, I mean, he's literally splayed out on the cross uh, as they drag him away after he dies. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that he's... I mean, yeah, I mean, maybe that's part of the Christ metaphor as well, you know, seeing the, the light within. Yeah. But yeah, no, I think well, I think what you say is, is is great. Yeah, it kind of helps us find our way through that. Yeah, yeah the um, yeah, all of the it's once again good to chat yeah. about. Well, what do you make of it when he when when they're cruising along Machine City and then the, it's like the soul of one of the squids goes into him. Yeah, what the fuck's going on there? Yeah, well, I think it's this, crazy. Yeah, it's like there's look. I love ambition and I love piling it on and I love like, you know, I love having lots of layers, but I think you're right in that here is a brilliant idea that you could make a whole film about and we're just skimming a stone across yeah, it yeah, yeah. and uh, we're next to the next one. It's like, no, 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 give me time to rest on this one. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, um, so one of the most beautiful scenes in the movie is when they shoot through the clouds into the sky and they see... The sun, right? That is, my, that, that is easily in my top three most favourite shots in anything ever. Yeah. I think that is- It's, a, it's so unexpected. A, yeah. And for me, it's like, a, it's a perfect metaphor, visual metaphor for that moment when you're in a, a depression or grief or whatever, and you get that slight bursting your head above yeah. it all. And like, oh, that's right. Life is just before you plunge back down yeah. into it. It's, uh, I, I just think it's, it's, well, it's such also, a beautiful. Well, it's also a reminder that, uh, you know, like once they go up and they mm. experience the light, mm. that they have to return to the darkness yeah. to to fix it. Like this yeah. is what we're fighting for. And yep. But it's funny when, you know, when I was younger and I first saw it and because I wasn't engaging with the film, like my first thought was, you know, well, why don't, they just send squid things up there with solar batteries and absorb some of the sun and fly back down. Like, or why don't they just like? It's made of paper, man. Yeah, yeah. No, I know, I know. But that's you know that these are the thoughts that you have. Why, why don't they just like build a bigger tower? Yeah, and then they wouldn't need humans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they'd just go, oh yeah, we'll just push it through the clouds. Yeah, of Sing. course. There was some guy that did this whole paper on how actually the human body can't generate that much power so it's completely redundant to use humans as batteries it's like yeah it's a fucking yeah metaphor yeah come but, on yeah but th- but this time because yes. i was engaging more with the film yeah. i it's a beautiful moment yeah. it's yeah. one of the most beautiful moments and again it's moments like that as brief as it is that yeah make this film impossible to completely dismiss. Yeah. No, no, no. I totally agree. Um, what do you think of the... Oh, by the way, for you, you just made a little comment and it's such a good comment and yeah. if people... I just want to give people context. Uh, and it was... Uh, I forget, but what, remember, uh, it was someone asking Grant Morrison. Oh, we say it all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But just in case, you know, this might be yeah. first time people True. consider Matrix fans. Uh, comic book writer Grant Morrison was asked how... Uh, does Batman fill up? Where does he get the time to? Where does he get? Where does he keep his money? Something like that. Where does he keep his money when he goes to the petrol oh, station to yeah. fill up the Batmobile with yeah. petrol? And Grant Morrison's response is, "It's he's made of paper, mate." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so good. It's like if you're reading a Batman comic to wonder how he gets out. Yeah. Oh, I got to chill. Yeah, uh, you know what I want. You know what I want for a whole issue. Yeah. I want him like say, "Yeah, like the Batmobile's not really handling too well. I'm just going to take it down to the garage." And uh, yeah, there's this little. 
noise. Uh, just how can boring you... would people want their entertainment to be? Yeah. Like, that's the beauty of entertainment, yeah. is that you, don't you have skip to worry over about the boring bits. The boring bits, yeah. That's how I treat my whole life. <laughs> um, when Neo... Uh, sorry, what do you think of the death of Trinity? Uh... You know, I, I just it's 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 the mirror opposite of her bringing him to life in the first film. Yeah, um, and I just I just see it as that, just an echo of the first. And you know, she I, metaphorically, I think they both have to die. Yeah, well, like I uh, first time didn't give a shit. Second yeah. time, uh, I was like, just feels like a bit of a waste to yeah, me. Right. My first reaction was. Like, nobody really knows what Neo's done. So, what may have been more fulfilling yeah, for right. me is if Trinity sees it all and she gets to take the body back, you know, or she mm. they, the machines allow her to, or she goes back and she she spreads the gospel the of gospel. Neo. Um, so that, but, but I've had a third thing yeah. now, which is off the back of what you've been talking about, which is if this is another layer of the Matrix, is it possible she's, a program that's only designed to have Neo fall oh, in love with it. Fuck. So hence, her oh. death is because she's fulfilled her, her role. Her role. Oh, <laughs> yo, that's great, right? Yeah, that's great. That's fantastic. Never let it be said that I don't listen to you when you say things. Thanks, man. Yeah, and I really applied <laughs> it. It was great, right? But to, to your second point, I I actually really like the fact that they don't know that the machines just stop killing them. Yes, and yeah. it's just the the implication that he did it. He must have done it. He did yeah. it. No, no, no. I I, I I like that ambiguity. Yeah, yeah. No, I like it now. Mm. But it's but just no, your point is. Fa- I've, I've got these three conflicting. Like my first experience, my second experience, and now yeah, this yeah, third yeah. experience, where I'm like going, "Oh my god, I'm becoming at one with the universe." I think that the, yeah, hmm, it's gonna be interesting to see where this fourth one goes. Oh, like. Like, I've deliberately not watched the second trailer, but I saw a still from it that I'm really resentful that I saw. Right. Uh, and it kind of is starting to maybe confirm things that I think is going on. So, it's so funny. Like, oh, they're making a new Matrix film. Oh, mm. you know what? I love Keanu. Mm. Cool. Oh, because, you know, for a while there, there were rumours about them doing it without the Wachowskis yeah, and yeah, all yeah, sorts yeah, of stuff. Yeah. And then uh, they say, oh, the trailer's coming out. I said, like, oh, okay, I'll watch the trailer. I watched the trailer. I went, holy shit, I'm so surprised at yeah. how excited I yeah. am by this and then re-watching these films and mm. then doing these discussions. Yeah. Like, I'm about to explode. Yeah, it's like, I'm be great. <laughs> um, and then, you know, we've already talked about the final battle between Agent Smith and Neo. And- oh, we have, we've got to talk about the big machine head, Oh, right? yeah, yeah, sorry. Okay, the, oh, yes, yes. And w- once again, the first time, I was not into it. Oh, I loved it. Yeah, I wasn't. I was it's like, like the, it's like the head from um, Wizard of Oz. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't need you. Yeah, but this time I really enjoyed it. Yeah, but it was it, 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 that's a that's a perfect encapsulation of it. Mm. Would have been great if it just turned out that this whole time there's a little old guy who they've actually kept <laughs> who's still tinkering. Oh, g'day, how's it going? Oh, fuck, you can see me. Oh. Turns out there's a whole world of people living who are like fine. You know, yeah, 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 you know yeah, what yeah. it is. It's the rich people. They've yeah, been fine course. the whole time. There's Jeff Bezos. There's Elon Musk. They've been fine this whole time. The world's fine. It's just yeah. this one pot yeah. that is just ruined. 
Oh my god! Imagine that. That would be a brutal ending. It pulls back its Jeff Bezos. Oh yeah, I've lived for hundreds of years yeah, just, yeah, yeah. just by sending shit to people, feeding on the liquefied bodies of pod babies. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And there's Richard Branson just licking an infant. Oh yeah, I'm getting its electrical energy, and I feel great. I'm going to live forever. Um, yeah, it's a, it's so funny. It's it's like it doesn't match up completely. But it's almost like the cave rave just sends me on a different path mm. through and like it's like I held on for the second one and by the third one I'm just like, ah. Mm. But I'm so glad that we've gone back and yeah, rewatched yeah, yeah. all of this. And then, yeah, once again, the ending feels very Invisibles-esque yes. Yes. In, in that regard where, but, you know, like it's, th- this is where we're talking about the ambition of the movie, which is like, what, 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 what films where there's a war uh, that you just go, oh, you know what? Maybe we should work together. Okay. Yeah. It's, it is kind of, it's thematically the way we've been programmed to enjoy stories mm-hmm. really unsatisfying. Like technically. Yeah. You're, you know, not technically, emotionally, because you're so used to, and then you have to really think your way through it. Yeah, to, totally. To but enjoy it's very, it. But that, you know, I'm watching a lot of, um, this year I've been watching a lot of foreign films. Yeah. A lot of Bergman and Fellini and stuff. And, you know, realizing more and more that that kind of like narrative of like punch your way out and everything. I mean, it's not, it's such a, it's such an American Western narrative. Yes. It really is. Yes. You know, and like. And 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 the more of the the stuff that I watch that isn't you know geared towards that, the more it's like, oh god, it's such an infantilized narrative as well. Yeah, well, it, it sums up the psyche of America perfectly. Yeah, and 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 unfortunately, the psyche of just discourse in general now, as we've as we've referenced, yeah. you know, like, you know, I mean, forget about just punching your enemy to death. Do you really think screaming in the face of your someone who disagrees with you is going to change them? Yeah. It's it's not. No. <laughs> you know, it's like, this is what children do. Yeah, I've tried it. I've tried it with children. <laughs> now I'm not allowed to be near children anymore, which is fair enough. And I didn't change any minds. <laughs> Got to be honest, I slept well. Uh, <laughs> do you... Um, so, if once again, applying the like another level of the Matrix, there was a part of me after the second watch going, do the machines keep their word? Like, why would they keep their word? Yeah. Yeah. Like, why would they? Oh, of course, yeah, and and you know, and what does going forward look like? Yeah, you know, I know they hint at it at the end, where it's like, oh, the people that want out will get out, and it's like, yeah, but again, again, it's that kind of, it's that naivete of the early two thousands. Yeah, you know, where it's like, oh, the people who want out of the match should be out, and they'll be really happy, will they? Yeah, uh, n- nothing is static. Everything will, yeah. you know, there'll be dissenting voices within that. Also, now. you've done some. Like, like I'm not into Zion, but you've done some major damage there. Like yeah. that's yeah. You guys going to fix it? Like, yeah. What's... Like, there's broken pipes. Like, yeah. there's people not getting water. How are you going to communicate? Like, there's a whole communication issue now. Yeah. Like, how do you talk to a squid? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, carefully. It's, yeah. There's. It reminds me a lot of um, the V for Vendetta movie. Oh yeah. In the sense of you know that had a classic kind of early 2000s extremely naive ending where it's like yeah we'll just blow up the old bailey and yeah. we'll fucking kill all the 
all the leaders and everything will be great because we're all here together in our V-masks. And, yeah. and I remember watching that movie at 23 or 24 or whatever and crying at the end going, yeah, because this is like Pete Bush and everything. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're right. Just tear down the fucking system. But it never offers like, well, what replaces the yeah. system? Well, the- like, in, What, just all these people wearing V for Vendetta masks? Have you seen what those guys are like? And they're not great. So, well, the uh, I can't really remember the film to be honest. Uh, yeah. But uh, I only ever saw it once, and I thought it was fine. Uh, but I guess in the comic, it's the the promise of something new is in Evie being uh, a, a, a more well rounded version of V, right? Yeah. But again, there's no, you know, it's. I think we're really running up. You know, we're living through a time where you know trust in institutions is collapsing there's a real kind of i think inherent understanding that the ways of old do need to be torn down and rebuilt yeah but i very rarely hear any alternative uh plan to rebuild if you know and if there is one it's not it's not immune or bulletproof from corruption and all the other shit that has infected these systems that we're currently so against so it's you know there's I think that's what a lot of the the, um, the the fear going forward now is of like fuck. Is there any system that's yeah not gonna be just corrupted, corrupted and infected from within? Yeah, um, it's very interesting. Anyway, but yeah, no, I think going forward, who knows how how all this pans out? Yeah, maybe the fourth movie will tell us. Yeah, no, I can't wait. All right, segment who and how? Which uh, character do you think you would be in this film, <laughs> and how would you react in their place? Uh, um, oh gosh, let me think. Um, Do you want me to go first? Please. I'll be. I reckon I'm the train man. Um, <laughs> like I've got my job. And I've got my little bit of power, and I'm being told what to do by someone else, and I'm kind of resentful, but I just get to be an asshole to a couple of other people, <laughs> and, and, and that and that makes me feel like a big train man on campus. <laughs> I relate to the Oracle uh, when she's just sitting there smoking a cigarette. Yeah. As the Smiths walk in and she's just like, yeah, just let's go. <laughs> get on with it. Get, on, get with on with it, mate. Just get on with it. I'm tired. Yeah. Do you know how much manipulating I've been doing? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm exhausted. Uh, zero charisma. Uh, who, which character has zero charisma in this? Oh, like the, 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 you know, who actually, who I like aesthetically, but who has zero charisma is he's, I think he's one of the captains of one of the ships. Right. And he's got like a, he's like a white guy with kind of gray oh, yeah, yeah, hair. yeah, I know the guy, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what his name is. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I like looking at him. I enjoy uh, his voice and everything, but, you know, there's just, there's a real kind of, um, <sighs> there's no depth to the acting of those Zion people. Right. You know, there's a real kind of, um, as I said before, CW type uh, performance. Yeah, and once again, that is something that I very much, you know, I think that is a a failure of the direction. You mm. know, like um, I'm sure these actors could do a, a better job, but they're just not quite given enough. Roland, Roland, that's the guy who is played by uh, Australian actor uh, David Roberts, and yeah, right. he is like. He's got a good head. He's got a great head. Yeah. There's some heads that are just very watchable. Yeah. Um, and uh, big big career. He's, um, but, uh, yeah, it's frustrating. It's like it feels like a bit of a waste. Well, my, my, I'm just going with Zion. 
All of Zion. All of Zion has zero charisma for me. <laughs> um, segment, better or worse, ruin or improve the movie with one decision. Uh, I would like to see, uh, as much as I enjoy the visual tableaus of the Zion battle, I would have preferred to see it much more pared back and personal. Literally what I have written there, to improve, I'd just downgrade the spectacle of Zion, make it more ragtag. Yeah. Like, I like I agree with you. It's visually arresting, yeah. but yeah. just from an emotional point of view, that's yeah. how I would have done it. Yeah. Uh, and if it's ragtag as well, it's a bit more difficult to find, yeah. you know, and all of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, more dirty dozen than, uh, uh, than what it is. Yeah, and... Um, Agent Smith inhabiting real people, and the and for me the machines realizing, oh, this is getting out of hand. You know, yeah, I think you could have seen it get more out of hand than just in the one guy. Yes, and I think that would have been how does you know like like when Neo says, you know, oh, he's uh, he's infected the the entire Matrix, and it's only a matter of time before he infects it. How? Right, because yes. unless it's people jet, jettisoning, jet, jettisoning back and forth, yeah. through the phone lines, how yeah. is he going to get into the real world again? Yes. Like, they haven't really outlined that. Yeah. So, so it, well, maybe it's just one Smith, and that guy's dead now. So, so is, what's he, the problem? is he a threat? Or if he can, mm, show me. let him do it. Yeah. And, and make, it. Like, like, almost, like, having Agent Smiths attack Zion, you know. No, oh, no. Fucking cool. Yeah. But then that would have said it's definitely a Matrix if he was Yeah, absolutely. Into but, you know. Squids with Hugo Weaving's face on them. Yeah. You know how I'd uh, you know how I'd ruin the movie. Yeah. Uh, I would get my hands on the original print and I would deepfake Tom Hardy as Bane into Bane. <laughs> Nobody cared about me until I was infected by Agent Smith. <laughs> um, where are we now? Uh, so I thought we could. Uh, this is a, a segment inspired by Ben, which is how close are we to the technology in the film? This could have gone on forever, so I've just kept this to a tight paragraph for you and this is about the singularity most experts are confident it will happen sooner rather than later lewis rosenberg ceo of unanimous ai believes that artificial intelligence will become self-aware and exceed human abilities as early as 2030 Mm -hmm. lewis also believes that a sentient artificial intelligence being created on earth is no less dangerous than an alien intelligence showing up from another planet to assume that its interests will be aligned with ours is is absurdly naive Mm -hmm. and to assume that it won't put its interests first is to ignore what we humans have done to every other creature on earth what can we do lewis says personally i'm skeptical we can stop a sentient ai from emerging we humans are just not able to contain dangerous technologies the way to survive is for humanity to make itself smarter and fast so we stay ahead of the machines that's an incredibly naive thing to say so we're all dead yeah, we're all dead. We can't evolve our brains faster than evolution will allow, so that's redundant. It's a redundant statement. Yeah. Well, get smarter. How? How can you? How can you? Well, I'm smarter. I've just like retaken the. <laughs> but the, the, like the, 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 thing, the thing they don't talk about AI is if you, know, you you switch the AI on and within a nanosecond it has all the information in the internet in its brain. Like you, that's it's not it's, it's impossible to even compete. Yeah. Like by the time it's five minutes old, it's smarter than the combined intelligence of every single human on Earth. Well, but it doesn't have emotional intelligence. For now. Like, it has knowledge. But, I mean, that's even more terrifying because then it's the whole pragmatic... It's like the, it's it, you know, the... Um, I think it's called the paper the paperclip um, problem where it's like, you know, you program an AI to uh, be really efficient at making paperclips. Right. And it's like, okay, that sounds like, yeah, that's fine. But 
what if the most efficient way to make paperclips is to start dismantling the atomic structure of everything and turning them into paperclips? Right. So it just starts eventually just dismantling the whole world right. to fulfill its primary objective of making paperclips. You know, th- this, is, this is like stuff that is out – to think that we could even get on top of it, it's like it's like an ant trying to understand us. It can't. Like right. the, the, the level of intelligence is so beyond what we could even imagine. Yeah. That to think that we could even um, maintain it is, is so naive. Right. It's crazy. Have you seen that clip of the new robot they built? Which one? I, I tweeted it. I, I, we should oh, yeah, no, no, no. It. I saw the one. Yeah, it is yeah, yeah, yeah. terrifying. Yeah, that is yeah. the most terrifying thing I've ever seen. It yeah. looks fucking real. Yeah. And I know it's not. I know it's programmed. Yeah. But for anyone that hasn't seen it, it's asleep. Yeah. It looks like a Westworld robot. Yeah. It completely looks real, like yeah. a real human. And the guy clicks in front of its face and it wakes up, but it looks like it's waking up to its own awareness of yeah. reality. Yeah. And it's like looking around and like, oh. Yeah, we, we talked in the last podcast about AI dreams and yeah. it's like, mm. Like, come on, what are we doing? Like, what are we doing? Uh, so, uh, last segment is uh, sum it up. What does this me- movie mean to you? Uh, great ambition, but unfortunately doesn't uh, land it. Yeah, you, uh, we're very much on a similar plane here. Yeah. Uh, I wrote, while it isn't the ending that I wanted, it is too batshit bonkers to not respect, yes. especially for a mainstream movie, yeah. and it is much more subversive and interesting than I first gave it credit for. 100%. Uh, Squid Bits, uh, this is a, if you're listening to all of them, as you know, I've just, mm. you could go on forever with this, so I've just picked out uh, a couple of interesting ones for us. In Pali, uh, Sati translates as mindfulness, which means awareness, attention, and remembering. Mm. In the Buddhist tradition, Sati is cultivated as a tool for observing how the mind creates suffering moment by moment. Mm. It is practiced to develop wisdom and insight, which ultimately alleviates suffering. Mm. In Sanskrit, Satai, God, I just make a decision on one pronunciation, have I? Uh, is one of the many forms of Shakti, and it is the wife of Shiva, who is the god of creation, perseverance, and destruction. In Hinduism, Shakti is considered as the primordial cosmic energy mm-hmm. and represents the dynamic forces that are believed to move through the entire universe. Mm. Sati, being an aspect of Shakti, is the goddess of power, marital felicity, and longevity. Mm. Uh, Sati is a largely historical practice also found chiefly in certain Hindu communities in the northern and pre-modern regions of South Asia, in which a widow sacrifices herself by sitting atop her deceased husband's funeral pyre. And if that's not a reason to get married, I don't know what is. (laughs) I would love a wife who just says, I can't live without Hamo anymore. <laughs> I'm going to set him on fire. I didn't ask for a funeral prior. <laughs> I wanted to be shot in the space so aliens could find me. And when they brought me back to life using their technology, they accidentally give me superpowers and I come down and I save the world. And then I get corrupted and then I take everything over and then I destroy all of you. Oh, sorry. Did I say that out loud? Um, in the video game Path of Neo, did you play that? That's the one I didn't play. Okay. Well, what a what a shame yeah. for young Benjamin Elwood. What who, did I miss out on? Well, I'm glad you're sitting down. The climactic brawl with Agent Smith takes a turn with digital avatars of the Wachowskis appearing on screen to congratulate the wow. player on getting this far in the game. They admit that the ending of the movie wouldn't work as a video game and instead, and you 
better not fucking come. <laughs> the hordes of Smiths combine to become a giant-sized version of Agent Smith, which results in Neo flying around and smashing it like Superman. And when the giant insane. Smith has taken enough damage, he explodes. That's and insane. Neo's fate is unknown. Meanwhile, uh. and you're going to hate this, <laughs> Zion celebrates as Queens, we are the champions, plays oh over the closing my credits. Oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, my Lord. So somehow Queens, we are the champions, survived the robot apocalypse. What a disaster. <laughs> oh, my God. Did you see? That's rough. Just while I think of it. Mm. Uh, did you see um, Roger Taylor out of nowhere? Oh, I said that Sasha Baron Cohen would have sucked as Freddie. Oh, so good. Yeah. So good. <laughs> You know what I know and what I've been working on, and yes. that is... Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I feel like a certain person would be kind of delighted by that. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> is that, like, I like it's part of the reason I'm in a good mood mm. because I was just like, oh, thank you <laughs> so much. for the mill. Thank you. Thank you so much, you tasty arsehole. You tasty arsehole. Oh, yeah, Sasha would have been terrible. Oh, well, you know what the movie should have been. It should have been a two-hour biopic about your great song, I'm in Love With My Car. Um, <laughs> Keanu was paid $15 million to appear in the final movie, which breaks down to $400,000 a minute. Wow. You know what that he says? He earned it. He earned it. Oh, yeah. No, well, you know what that says to me? Yeah. You should have used him more. Yeah. Like, get, get bang for your buck, mate. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Reduce that Zion battle. Yeah. After the success... Oh, this is tasty. After the success of The Matrix, Warner Brothers executives offered the Wachowskis the choice between finishing The Matrix trilogy with Mm. back-to-back sequels Mm -mm 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 or rebooting the Batman franchise. Oh, I'm so glad they didn't. No, I know, but it's... Interesting. Yeah, yeah, like, what yeah. a, you well, know. I mean, the whole reality, the whole reality would have panned out very differently because you wouldn't have the Nolan trilogy. Yeah. yeah and does Nolan get the get the clout to make an Inception? You know, like Inception's not getting made without. And let's face it, the biggest tragedy of that we wouldn't have got um, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Oh, mate, what a disaster! <laughs> what a disaster! Or Man of Steel. Oh, but the Justice League—that's. <laughs> That's where the tragedy really <laughs> takes place. Um, the Wachowskis wanted to release Re- Reloaded and Revolutions only weeks apart. They also originally told people they had no desire to return to the world of the Matrix mm. and instead gave their blessing to the notion of gamers inheriting the storyline. Mm. The Matrix online video game was billed as the official continuation. Did you say you you watched that? No, no, no. I, I, I knew that existed. That was a PC game. I was never a PC gamer. But they, were, I, I sorry, remember, what does that mean? It, it, they were on um, desktop computers. Oh right, so I was right, only ever a console right, guy. Right, uh, but no, they. I, I know of that game, and that it was kind of an ever. It, it was an ever expanding world, yeah. And that you had your own avatar, and similar to the world of the Matrix, you could. You it, certain people you met would advance you in the world. There was no story. Yeah, there was like missions and stuff, and like you could meet Neo. Right. But you had to log, you know, hundreds of hours and right. s- get certain skills and all the rest. Like, but it was, yeah, apparently it was a very different experience for each player. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's interesting. And kind of, a, and, 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 a, and a, 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 like I say, an ever, I think it's called, oh, I can't remember the term for it, but the, 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 the users would expand the world, build the world. Oh, so it was ever growing. Right. Okay. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, like, yeah. as someone who's not into games, yeah. I find that fascinating. Yeah. It was, it was yeah. a fascinating concept. Yeah. I mean, I think by then I was kind of, Cycling out yeah. of, um, of gaming. 
Yeah. Or, you know, the only games I was playing was GTA, which was just carnage. Yeah. Uh, this is a bummer, but, uh, you know, you know, when you just have to shake your head. Lawrence Fishburne said that he detected a racial vibe that felt similar to 1950s era America in Sydney. He also said that he mm. and the three black crew members all felt a sense of racism when they moved about the city. Mm. <sighs> I can't say that I'm <laughs> surprised. No, neither am I. <laughs> like... I think 1950s America's rough, though. No, like oh. 1970s. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on, mate. We're only 25 years behind America. Like, you know, but um, it's such a bummer, isn't it? Like, yeah. when you're like, I'm, I'm even now, mm. even now with a level of guardedness and cynicism towards people to a certain extent and experience mm. and uh, knowledge, I am still flabbergasted when I hear someone say something racist or homophobic or, or sexist. Oh, that's crazy. Like, I'm like, I'm flabbergasted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, especially in a city like Sydney that's so multicultural. Yeah. Where it's like, man, every day must suck for you. Like, you must be, your head must be exploding every five seconds oh, as you man. walk down the street. Like, yeah. it must be exhausting well, you know, the- to be a racist in a multicultural city. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> you, you know what? You'd be much more relaxed just- if you just look at people and not think anything. Well, I mean, I... Like, I... It stopped occurring to me have- when I was like... Fucking 12. Like, what? who gives a shit? Yeah. Anyway, like, it's, I, yeah, it's very... Uh, whatever. It's very strange. I, I say my dislike for assholes. Totally. And they can be any colour. They can be any limbs. They can be yeah, anything. of course. Because there's cool I like all of them as well. assholes. That's it. That's yeah. all that matters. Lily Wachowski said the film was inspired by bubbling, seething rage within me about my own oppression that I was forcing myself to remain in the closet. Mm. Uh, When Agent Smith becomes a rogue program, his suit turns charcoal black like Neo's clothes and loses the green tint that is everywhere in the Matrix. I didn't notice that. Neither did I. Uh, The Oracle's outfit and kitchen are a reference to Michelangelo's Delphic Sybil depicting a Greek oracular figure. When the Oracle sniffs the steam when she opens the oven, this is a reference to the fumes the Delphic Oracle breathed in uh, to go into her trance-like state. That's cool. Do you know that I've spoken to the Oracle on the phone? No. Yeah, she's a friend of my dear, dear, dear friend, Andy, uh, Mary Alice, the actress. Yeah. The, the second iteration of yeah. the Oracle. And I was at Andy's- Well, I was about to freak out if it was the first. No, no, no. Uh, and I was at Andy's house one day and the phone rang and Andy yells out, can you get the phone? <laughs> like, Hello? And it's this American voice on the other line. She's like, hi, is Andy there? I had no idea. And then passed the phone over. And when it was over, Andy goes, you know, you just spoke to the Oracle from the Matrix. Like, what? Oh, my God. I could have asked her a question. Did you know I was going to pick up the phone? Did you know my name was Ben? What happened at the end? Uh, When we see Neo on a monitor bank, uh, I didn't pick this up on this rewatch, but when we see Neo on a monitor bank awaiting interrogation in the first film, Mm By the second movie, you realise that's not a security camera display, but that's the architect focusing all of his attention on Neo. I didn't pick that up. In the final battle, many of the raindrops are single lines of Matrix code. This effect was to suggest that the Matrix was beginning to Mm destabilise. In an unprecedented, simultaneous global release, the Matrix revolutions opened at exactly the same moment in every major city in the world on November 5th, 2003. 6am in Los Angeles, 9am in New York, 2pm in London, 5pm in Moscow, 11pm in Tokyo. And I could have done the maths to work out what time it was in Australia, but I wanted to watch Get Back. Um, <laughs> in the first 45 minutes of The Matrix, Keanu has how many lines? 
Uh, none, like three. Oh, sorry. In the, the sorry, the first Matrix. Oh, in the first first yeah, Matrix. Yeah. Oh, I just thought this was because this gets back to something that you said in the first podcast. That's why I thought I'd bring oh, it up. Oh no, tell me. He has eighty lines. How many of them are questions? Oh, seventy nine. Forty four. But anyway, this this works out roughly to a question a minute. But that was getting yeah, back to you know course, how you were saying. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, finally, there's a new game out called The Matrix Awakens. Which I saw is the trailer for that. An interactive tie into the new movie and. It, the graphics look mad. It looks mad. So that's the end of that. If you are a Patreon subscriber, you will also be able to access our Patreon-only episode, which is about the Animatrix. But uh, we will be back on this feed for everyone with the latest Matrix movie, which, just saying, we're seeing early. So <laughs> we look forward to that. Thank you to Ben for helping me dissect all of the Matrix movies in the lead up to the new film, The Matrix Resurrections. That podcast will be available in a couple of days, so keep an eye and an ear out for that one. A big thank you to Tim Hatcher for being our Patreon shout out of the episode. I hope you enjoyed this particular podcast. If you'd like to contribute to our work here, you can join the Patreon, you can leave a top review at Apple Podcasts, you can join either our open and or private Facebook page, or even just a recommendation of the work. So, you know, all of that's fantastic. You know what? You just listening is contributing. So thank you very much. Let's finish today's podcast with a quote from Hugo Weaving. As human beings, of course, we're all compromised and complex and contradictory, and if a screenplay can express those contradictions within a character, and if there's room for me to express them, that's a part I'd love to play. So much more than a character who is heroic and one-dimensional. Until then. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.